This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. 1-800-919-3776. And, of course, via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. That's how you can participate in tonight's edition of ESPN New York Tonight, along with Mr. Ty. Brian, good vibes, and Jake, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, we'll keep you updated on what's going on in (laughs) Tuesday night football as the Baltimore Ravens and Dallas Cowboys battle. And let me say this right off the top. Let me say this. I thought that the Jets had one of the worst field goal kickers and kicking experiences over the past two years, right? Remember last season, they couldn't find the field goal kicker? They were, where can we find one? Where can we find one? Tonight, there have been three missed field goals that I can count. Two of them by Dallas. 17-10 Baltimore in the third. A little over four minutes to go in the third. And and now make that 21 as Marquise Brown catches a touchdown from Lamar Jackson. So here... Here's the thing that's so crazy about this, right? Is that Dallas's defense against the run, they gave up, what, 160 yards in the first half on the ground? 160? They had two big, huge chunks. Lamar Jackson ran for 37 on the fourth and one, right up the middle. And then they gave up another huge chunk ground game. This Dallas defense is struggling, and it struggled all season. All season. It's just amazing. So, you know what we say on ESPN New York tonight officially? Let's go to work. We begin with the New York football giants as we have because they are the talk of the town right now. And obviously, the NFC East is the story. Why is it the story? Well, you've got, as I mentioned, the New York football giants who have played very well, won four in a row, and they are right now atop the division. Washington with a huge win last night. I don't care what the situation was. I know Mike Tomlin said that his team didn't deserve to win that game last night. They didn't play well. They had drops. They they didn't run the football at all. The defense played eh. And so Washington now is 5-7. and seven. Today, it's official. Carson Wentz not getting the start this week. No, it's Hurts to the rescue. Mm-hmm. How about that? Who would have thought that situation? Jalen Hurts is now starting for the Philadelphia Eagles as they try to get a spark and get back in this thing because at least they have split with the Giants. So if they can find a way to get a spark going, get some gain, get some wins, they at least can pressure the Giants. Washington, they have to win outright because they – lost the two games to the Giants, so they have to not only stay even with the Giants, but have to be a game better. And Dallas, I'm just telling you right now, the way I see this Dallas team, the way this team is playing tonight, they're not getting it done. So when we look at this Giants team, folks, how are they winning? How are they winning? Well, offensively, yeah, kind of. I mean, you have to score points, right? You have to be able to put some points on the board, even though your defense is phenomenal. But let's look at, let's be honest. They rank 30th in the NFL in scoring offense, only in front of the Broncos and the Jets. But it's the defense, right? The other side of the ball, the eighth best scoring defense in the league. That's what's turning things around. 
That's what has really helped this Giants team. And, of course, when we talk about their offense, we do talk about the fact that they are not turning the football over, be it in a big way. Daniel Jones, before he got hurt, hadn't turned the football over in three games. And then, of course, you know, you had the situation with the Colt McCoy who had a turnover, but as it turned out, that didn't hurt them in their victory against Seattle. So now they've got four games left, and it begins this Sunday at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Now remember, last week, Kyler Murray, even though he didn't play well, passed for three touchdowns, had a pick. He's got 22 passes. He's got 22 touchdown passes and 10 rushing touchdowns this season. And he joins Cam Newton and Cordell Stewart as the only quarterbacks with 20 20 touchdowns and 10-plus rushing touchdowns in the single season in NFL history. So once again, the idea of the Giants' defense and how they have to maintain their lanes is evident again this Sunday. The same way that they were able to contain Russell Wilson is the same game plan that they kind of have to have against Kyler Murray. Although I will say to you, the secondary, James Bradbury, Jabril Peppers will have their work cut out for them because they've got to face DeAndre Hopkins this Sunday. Eight catches for 52 yards and a touchdown last week. He's got 10 games with five-plus receptions. That's tied for most in the NFL. He has only played in a game against the Giants once. At the, once playing here in, the, in, uh, in Jersey at the Giants. Six receptions for 116 yards. That was when he was with uh, the Texans in 2014. Aims for his third win. Then, of course, the Cardinals looking for their third win in a row against the Giants. So this is going to be an interesting situation here. Uh, Of course, the Giants, what what do they do? Well, it's very simple. They run the football. They run it well. And all you have to do is look at Wayne Gallman. Career-high 135 rushing yards in Week 13, his first career 100-yard game. He's got six rushing touchdowns in his uh, past six games. And, of course, Alfred Morris had two touchdowns, one rushing and one receiving last week. And that receiving core, listen, I like the Giants' receiving core here. Do they have the superstar as DeAndre Hopkins? No. But Evan Ingram, if he can hold on to the football. Golden Tate, who has come out of – uh, the doghouse, which we affectionately call Shea Bow Wow, with the Giants. And he's been effective as the possession receiver for them. And obviously, Darius Slayton, uh, who's been big and getting a lot of attention from opposing defenses of late. So that's going to be an interesting situation to see how the Cardinals deal with him. Uh, obviously, Patrick Peterson is one of the top uh, corners in the in the National Football League and uh, Buda Baker is not a bad safety. So this is a this is a really good matchup, a really good test for this Giants team. And it leads us to our poll question at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. The Giants played the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens and the Cowboys for their final four games of the regular season. So our question tonight, how does it play out? Do the Giants go seven? Do the Giants go four and zero? Do they go three and one? Do they go two and two, or are they under five hundred? I think it's the Giants, and you know, not to. I, I think they run the table. I think they finish nine seven. What? Arizona, look, Arizona at home, very winnable game. 
<laughs> Cleveland at home, I think is I think Cleveland is a great matchup for the Giants because when you take away the run game against Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield had four touchdown passes and played well the other day against Tennessee, but those were all set up based on play action, and Kevin Stefanski did a great job. And then, look, I, there's no doubt that they could go beat the Ravens. You know, um, the Ravens are not the same this year. And then they got Dallas at home, and that's obviously a very winnable game. So, you know, three of the last four at home. Baltimore on the road won't be easy, but I think this team wins at least eight games, and I don't think that's uh, out of reach right now. That was the shocked voice of Alan Hahn. <laughs> and hearing what our GM Mike Tannenbaum had to say on Barton Hahn here on 9870 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. And he believes that if he was answering our poll question, if Tannenbaum was answering our poll question as the Giants play the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and Cowboys, how does it play out? He would choose 4-0. The other choices are three and one, two and two, or under five hundred. And I and I guess in in some sense, right before we get to the calls, I guess in some sense you would think, is it how much is uh, Daniel Jones going to be available? Is he available Sunday? And I think that has to play into it. Or do you feel, listen, the way our team is playing defensively and the way we're running the football, we can we can squeeze Colt McCoy in there. I'll tell you originally when I looked at that schedule and I I felt that uh, Cleveland, because of what they're able to do defensively with their pass rush and Baltimore were going to be the two toughest ones. When, when they face Dallas at the end of the season, I, the way Dallas is playing defensively, I think they'll have no answers for for the giants. I just, I I just think the giants, the giants are going to roll all over them. They're going to have no answers. They have no answers for them. They won't, especially the way they look right now. But the Baltimore Ravens is the tricky one because their defense is still pretty good. And no, offensively, they're not really playing that well against a really good defense. That's going to give, I think that will give them trouble. But I'm looking at this Ravens team and they don't have their their stud tight end. He's out. And Des Bryant got pulled off the field after he tested positive for COVID. So he's not playing tonight. So, I mean, they're able to put up some points. And still, Lamar Jackson is still a guy who can make some plays with his legs. Now, he's seen a couple of errant passes. He's got a pick tonight. And a couple of errant passes because of fundamentals where he tends to drop his elbow. And so the ball takes off on him. But if I were participating in the poll, I would say three and one for the Giants. That's how strong I believe their defense is playing right now. And I would say, and get this, I would say three and one with or without Daniel Jones because of how the running game and how the offensive line is playing right now. So that's where I stand. Where do you stand? 1-800-919-3776. Spike is in Jersey. Spike, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Well, good evening, my friend. Always good to bat first. I'm becoming the, uh, what was the Mets leadoff here? Is it Wally Backman? Yeah, Wally Backman. Uh, Lenny Dykstra. Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra and Mookie Wilson. Yeah, Mookie Wilson. I was thinking, this is off topic. I'll get to what I want to say and always get to talk to you when I can make it up. Uh, 
if Steve Cohen owns the Mets, but Wally Backman and his manager now. <laughs> well, you know, there was an outcrying for him, but I want to talk for was. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, obviously things have changed in the world uh, with his issues. But he's, he's, he would have been a fun guy to be a manager at different times. He was a feisty anyway. player. He was a feisty guy. Oh, the, the, the people's choice, kidding? He, he, <laughs> That's yeah, right. he out out hit his talent and outfielded. Yeah. He, you know, but uh, listen, listen, I watched the Washington game. You, you can't not pull for the QB there. You, I mean, that story is gut wrenching. And I said, said it to someone else today. If he doesn't win unanimously, come back player of the year. Uh, the name slips me. What's the quarterback on Washington now? Alex uh, Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, It's a unanimous choice, but I don't know how you feel, but I cringe every time he gets tackled. Yeah. You, yeah you, I really do. You're hoping that he, he can survive it. You're hoping that. Yeah. And, and yeah, here's well, the thing. Fortunately, he doesn't feel that way. <laughs> Otherwise, he couldn't well, go out this way. Yeah. Let, let's hope it's fortunate that he doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a football's a rough game, but we got, the, we got, what do you always call it? Meaningful games in yes. December. Yes. The, the Giants, I think they may both go three and one. It's too bad they don't play each other in the last game, but can't be greedy at these times, these crazy times we live in. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave you with this on the eve of our basketball coming around. I sure yes. hope they play. I sure, I hope they figure this out and watch what's going on and get their, you know, get their um, injections. And then when, you know, when this all gets set up, it's going to be crazy for the next 90 days, you know. It is. No question it's, about it. Uh, yeah, you'll get a number. You'll get, you know, and hopefully it all works. They're all a little different. I'm researching it for obvious reasons. You know, I'm old and I got issues. And, uh, you know, it's just something you have to be careful of. But I'm, I'm a little excited for that. But I'm as excited right now for the Giants. because sure, you have to be. Yeah. Washington, Washington has a very good offensive line, though. Mm-hmm. But their running backs don't seem as good as the Giant running backs. And young Mr. Jones... Uh, Slayton has been taken out of games. You notice they've been yes. doubling him a lot, right? Yes, yes. But yes. Uh, Ingram's the wild card. You said it perfectly. If he holds on to the boy, runs his routes well, and uh, if Jones comes back, I would expect him back now for mm-hmm. this week. You, do you agree? I think so because, uh, Spike, and thanks for the phone call. It was good talking to you. I think so because our Jordan run-on uh, wrote that he was – actually closer than a lot of people thought of being able to play Sunday in Seattle. So I would think that depending on conditions, depending on how much he practices this week, and they'll get back to practicing uh, tomorrow, uh, depending on that situation, (laughs) I'm sorry, but uh, Berline is going to be looking for a job tomorrow because he has missed three field goals on his own tonight. It's 24-10, and he has missed three field goals. This should be a one-score game, and it's not. And it's because of him. That, 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 that's a tough night. When your team is struggling to score touchdowns, that's a tough night. Uh, getting back to my point, I would think that uh, he'll be ready to go this week. We'll see how much practice he gets, how he looks in practice, how that leg holds up, the hamstring, how does it feel. And once again, I just caution this, and obviously I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on the radio, (laughs) but my experience in dealing with athletes and talking to trainers over the years, 
the hamstring is one of the trickier injuries you have because you can come back too soon and re-aggravate it and be out longer than you were originally. And the Giants do not want to be in the position where they have to possibly go into the postseason. Even though I know if, if, they, if they go into the postseason, they're going to try to play them. I get that. But you don't want to be in that position where you're trying to force him to come back early so that you make sure you have him for the postseason. The most important thing is to win these games. If he's available and you can do it and he and he's eligible to, to, to perform, then absolutely let him play. But if there's a question, I'd rather err on the side of caution. I would. And we'll see how he performs this week in practice. 1-800-919-3776. ZZ is in orange. Hey, ZZ, you're next on 98.7. How are you doing, Larry? Excellent. What's up, man? Yeah, I'm a big Knicks fan, and I feel like we've been in the same silly charade every year. Last year, we said we were getting KD Kyrie. We got Todd Gibson and Bobby Portis. This year, we said we were getting players. We said we were getting Chris Paul. Saying it was a good draft, but, you know, the same silly trade we're doing all over again. When are we going to get that big guy? ZZ, uh, I hate to tell you this, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. You're not going to get that big guy for a while. You're not going to get that big guy until... This team can show that they've they've got a nucleus of young talent that can be competent and win some games. That they can be competitive, that they play hard, that you look at them and you say, you know what, there's something building with the Knicks. This is not what I've seen before. This is not a bunch of young kids who are lost. This is not young kids with overpaid, out of, you know, down on the other side, on the back nine of their career players. This is a young team that's got a little fire, that's got some talent, that's able to win some games, that fights. Even though they may lose, they're in every game. They're competitive. They scratch. They claw. they, They just don't have enough talent to win. Not that they get blown out by 20 or 30 every time they play. Or you look at them and you say, okay, we're playing, we're playing the Sixers. We got no shot. We're playing Milwaukee. We're not beating Milwaukee. We're playing Brooklyn with Kyrie and Durant. Oh, come on, man. We're not, we can't win that game. There's no way we're going to win that game. We just hope not to get embarrassed. Because that's, that's the way the Knicks have played over the past couple of years. You're looking at teams that have won, that their records, their winning records have begun with a one and a two in an 82-game season. Okay. And last year was shortened. Otherwise, it would have been, you know, that I don't think they would have gotten to wins with a three last year. All right? And so now you're looking at a 72-game season this year, and, and hopefully you'll see some meaningful basketball. Hopefully you'll see, as I mentioned, some teams that are working hard and they got a chance to win some games. That's what you have to see, ZZ, before you start to get players who are really talented – who say, you know what, I see what's happening there. Think of, ZZ, since you're a Knicks fan, think of what Brooklyn did the past couple of years. When they made, when they were scrapping and clawing and they were a gutty team, and then they bring in D'Angelo Russell, okay, and they find players like Spencer Dinwoody and, and you know, Karis LeVert they get in the draft and some other players who they had and they, and they leveraged in the trade to improve their talent. 
and these young guys got to play together. And then they find a way to make it to the playoffs in the East. And they are very competitive in their first round against the Sixers. Okay? And so that's what you need to see from this Nick team before you get guys who are ready to come in here and say, okay, I'm buying in. As you can, and if you don't believe me, listen to what Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant said. They said they liked what they saw from this young team and how they were coached. Although it seemed to change once they got here with Kenny Atkinson. But anyway, on the outside, they thought that's the way it was. And so that's why they came. That's why they chose Brooklyn over the Knicks, at least officially. Well, 800 919 Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, the Giants play the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and the Cowboys. How does it play out? Do the Giants go 4-0? Do the Giants go 3-1? Do the Giants go 2-2? Or do the Giants go under 500? I really don't see them going under 500. I just don't. I, I, I don't look. And I'm not trying... Giant fans, don't call me. Yeah, Larry's jinxing my Giants. Larry, just be quiet. Don't say, no, no, I just don't. I really don't. I, I just like how this team is playing. They're on a roll. The the And the thing I think that's really impressive for me is the game plan. Even, even, though, they're, even though they're not putting up a lot of points, they're still moving the ball. They're still finding ways to score, and they're still giving their defense enough rest so that they are not on the field over and over and over again, that they are in position where they're not just uh, sitting back and like, oh, four, three and out, here we go again. You know, here we go, here we go again. Let's go back out there. And then as you get fatigued in that second half, now you have trouble getting off the field on third down. They have done, and this is really the key to any great defense. You look at any great defense that you see, any really, really good defense, and it's very simple. It's not rocket science to be successful in the National Football League. It's making it hard on first and second down so that you as a defense dictates the coverage on third down. And that's what the Giants were able to do. That's what they did against Seattle. Because Seattle had an issue running the football. They were in third and long situations. And then they forced Russell Wilson to have to squirm and run and try to find a way to get open to to complete some passes. And because the, the front has put so much pressure, it's taken a lot of pressure off the secondary from having to try to stay with to defend the receivers for more than three, four seconds because with the speed that you have from receivers in the National Football League, that's virtually impossible. And yes, James James Bradbury is having a heck of a season. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how are you doing today? Great, how are you? Okay, before I get to my Giants, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. If Des Bryant tested positive for covert, when did him to the game? That's an interesting question. Um... And you, you wonder who he's been around. And, you know, it's funny. We were just talking to, uh, to the guys in, in the control room about how he was hugging Dallas former players and coaches and whatnot. So, you know, all those folks have to be tested to make sure that they're okay. But that, that's a great point. 
right before I mean, game time, you know, you you, <laughs> you, you have to be concerned. Cynical, you do. I hate to be cynical, but it's because, oh, if we cancel a game, we lose all this money, we have nothing to show for tonight. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, I mean, that might have been it. Yeah. You know, that might have been I, it. I think you said this the other day. Can somebody please explain the rules? When do you cancel games and when you don't cancel games? How many players have to have COVID? Who has to have COVID? It seems like it's like whatever happens, we'll just make it up as we go along. You know, in a lot of ways, I think it's true. <laughs> Bruce, I think it is. I think if they, they'll try their best. Okay, if it's one person, we'll just isolate that person and keep going. Okay, but now you'd have to pull everybody off the field and test them. At this rate. And, 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 and they did not do that. No. Let me get to my Giants. Yes. To, first of all, before you, get, you ask what record the Giants going to have, you have to tell me what's the health of Daniel Jones. Bruce, so, I, the way they're playing right now, I think the, with the opponents, I think they can beat Arizona with Colt McCoy. I think they can oh, beat I Cleveland with Colt McCoy, too. The, the way they're running the football, I think they can. Uh, I do. I, I, Baltimore I, I, would be very tough, even with Daniel Jones. To me, the, one of the keys besides Daniel Jones is the linebackers against Arizona. Mm-hmm. With, with Kyle Lewis, when, 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 you know, one of the best, best running quarterback in this league. Yeah, Kyle Murray? I mean, Kyle Murray, sorry, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Murray. The linebackers, now we don't know about Blake Martinez. Is he going to play? We don't know that yet, right? I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if he's out or he's limited, that's an awful responsibility for these young linebackers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching the game uh, on, on Sunday, and, and, and it reminds me of the line from Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at those linebackers. Yeah. Carter, that, uh, the seventh-round draft pick, the, the two seven-round draft picks, Tay Crowder, Lisa Crowder, you knew a little bit about him before. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter, what was it like, Carson. You have um, Milos, who's basically a walk-on, mm-hmm. and, and, and he's got two turnovers. Can those young linebackers control the running game of, 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 of Arizona? Uh, Bruce, having and, and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but I believe if they can bottle up Russell Wilson the way they did Sunday, and I know that Blake Martinez was a huge part of that, I will grant you that. But even when they, even when he was out, they still continue to do that. I believe if they can do that with Russell Wilson, they can do a similar scheme with Kyler Murray because I believe that uh, they're very similar. Obviously, Murray's faster. I get that. But if they can maintain containment of their rush lanes and be disciplined, they can trap him in there and they'll keep him from running wide. And most running quarterbacks love to run wide. That's where they go outside and that's where they take off. So I think they have a good shot. Now, if you, as far as the record, to me, I think this Arizona game is going to be key because I think they lose to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I think they beat Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Dallas, by the time of the last game, they'll be ready to pack and go home already. Yeah, Dallas, will be, Dallas is done now. Excuse me? Dallas is done now. Yeah, Dallas, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, and so if they can beat Arizona, I think it's a 3-1 record. If they can't, I think it's 2-2. Two and two. And my last question for you is, mm-hmm. if you're a coach mm-hmm. and, and Daniel Jones says, Coach, I, I, I can play, but I can't run as fast. I'm, I'm maybe 60% fit. 
75%. He's not playing, Bruce. He's not playing. Not playing. Not playing. I totally agree with you. Not playing. Save him for the rest of the season. Not playing. 60% doesn't get it done for me. And I I respect it. And here's the thing, Bruce, I respect him being honest with me, telling me he's 60%. Because a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players – would lie. No, I can go, coach. I'm good. I feel great. I feel great. Even even with the doctors telling you, well, you know, he's gone through the protocol. He's done everything he's supposed to do. He moved. There's no. There's very little stiffness in there. We're good. Bruce, if he tells me he's sixty percent, he is not playing against Arizona this week. He's just not. What happens if he tells you, coach? I can throw the ball. I can plant my foot, but um, I'm a little hesitant about running the ball. Hey, Bruce, anything with a butt sits him. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the phone call. Thank you. You too. Anything with a butt. I'm this butt. I feel this way, but no. But you're not playing. (laughs) That's how we answer that. But you're not playing. And I get it. I know he wants to play. I do. But once again, it's a hamstring. It's a hamstring injury. One quick burst, and it could tighten up on him again. So I want his hamstring to be as loose as possible. So anything for me, anything short of 85%, anything short of 85%, I got got a real issue with, with, with playing it. I got a real issue with it. I got a real issue. And I understand. We need him to play. We could do it's a hamstring. And part of his game. And remember where we where we last saw him, right? Not not only couldn't he run, he couldn't even plant to throw off that. Now I'm sure he's I I would I'm not I'm not sure. Let me take that back. I believe he's better than that. So I think he will be able to plant and throw. But his mobility is also very key. And if you're telling me that he's his mobility is going to be limited and I'm and I'm just having him sit there to be a passer, I'd give him another week. What do you think? Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, the Giants played the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and them Cowboys. Steve Rothenberg is enjoying the Cowboys losing right now. Him and Stephen A are probably screaming and jumping up and down somewhere with the Cowboys losing with just under four minutes left in the game. So with the Giants schedule, how does it play out? Do the Giants go 4-0? Do the Giants go three and one? Do the Giants go two and two? Or do they go under 500? Let me give you some poll results before we get back to the phones. So seven, about 7.9% of you say, just under 8%, say the Giants will go four and oh. So just under 8% of you agree with our Mike Tannenbaum, who said the Giants are going to win out. 22% of you say they will go three and one. 19% of you say they're going to go under 500. And those who pick that number probably don't think that Daniel Jones is going to either play a bunch of those games or will be the same quarterback when he comes back to play. 
And the remainder of you, 52%, say they will go two and two. The other question we've had in the conversation is, when do you bring Daniel Jones back? If he tells you this week, I'm 60%, what's the number that you have to hear him when you watch him perform? Doctors give him clearance. He can, he can play. I, I think the line is, he can't hurt it anymore if he plays. <laughs> You're right. He can re-injure it, but he can't hurt it anymore. Okay, so what, what is the decision? What, what is the number you have to hear from Daniel Jones when he comes to you afterwards and he says, I'm about 60%, but I'm feeling good, but, but I can't move laterally or I can't run. Or what, what is the determining factor for you to say, you know what, Daniel Jones, you're sitting this one out. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Queens and check out what Joe is going through. What's up, Joe? You're next on 98.7. What's going on, Larry? What's up, Joe? Good, good. Uh, I'll shift gears a little bit here just towards the Jets. I called sure. last year on the Sunday night that the Jets destroyed Oakland in the Meadowlands a year later, and I actually called it that night and asked you if you thought if the Jets won out, if they'd be able to take that last wild card spot. Crazy how a year later the tables have turned, and yeah. now it looks like the Giants have that shot to kind of turn around their season just like that. Yeah. But uh, hoping that uh, hoping we lose out as Jets fans, and hoping that Trevor Lawrence is in Jersey next year. Joe, do you? Let me ask you this, Joe, as a Jet fan. Now I want you to be impartial. I want you to take your Jet fandom off hat off, and I want you to put your Clemson hat on. Okay. Yep. If you're if you're Trevor Lawrence. And you're watching this team right now, and they went out, and they are 0 and 16, or hopefully 1 and 15, or one, whatever the record is, they get to be, have the number one pick. Would you come here? I, I mean, honestly, let's talk about. We have a bunch of draft picks. Hopefully, we'll have a bit of a coaching change. I know our defensive coordinator's gone. Assuming Gase is out of there by next season, I mean, you're coming into a into a team with a lot of good young talent. And hopefully, some more people at the you know better a better head coach. But also, once again, I mean, I uh, it hurts for me to root for the Jets to lose out. You know, Man. Sunday watching Derek Carr hit hit had uh, hit that touchdown five seconds up. It honestly hurt me. And then once again, the second the game ended, I was like, all right, we're going for that on sixteen. But I don't know. You know, I always see. Uh, I always see some hope in the Jets, and I really do think that Trevor Lawrence with some really good wide receivers and a solid, some good, solid defensive pieces could really uh, maybe get us to 10 wins finally. It, it, it's, a, it's an interesting thought, Joe, and thanks for the phone call, and I appreciate your honesty. It's, it's a tough scenario here for, for the Jets and trying to figure out what they're going to be able to do and if indeed – if you're Trevor Lawrence, that that's the question you're looking at here. Okay, what I'm seeing, I'm <laughs> I've got a coach, I've got a head coach who has a timeout who's listening, you would think, to the play call, who is letting his defensive coordinator do a cover zero where one of the corners inexperienced is trying to defend somebody with four two speed. Four two four three. Let's say four two seven speed, and he's a four 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 five, which is not slow. 
I, w- I don't ever remember running four five. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not criticizing the speed. I got it. And under a normal situation where you would, you know, what you would you would rush two, <laughs> you drop nine in coverage, okay? Because you understand that you want to have somebody to, to to even if they catch the ball to help bring them down so the clock runs out. And if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're like, like my high school coach wouldn't do that. <laughs> they, even if they had to call, my high school coach would be like, yo, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you trying to do here? You're trying to, what, what's going on? And that's what you're watching here. I mean, so I'm just saying. It, it's It's a question. It's a real question. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, it's not a lock that he's coming. It's not. He could say, I want to go back for another year. He could. He could. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, big bro? I'm doing great, man. What's happening? Hey, listen, with your poll question, I think the Giants would probably go 2-2, two and two, which would be good enough to win the division. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't play Jones again this week. And even if you did play him, I think there's a strong possibility you lose that game because the Cardinals, well, they lost four out of five. Yes. They're going to be in desperation mode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. They need it. Now, they need it badly. You know, now with the Jets, you know, you hear these rumors. I mean, it, it, I would love it, you know, if, if you could get a Bill Cowher. Tony Dungy, anybody who's won a Super Bowl and, you know, knows how to build a team from scratch, mm-hmm. I would love that. Now, if you, like, just you as a fan, you know, if you, as a Jets fan, if Bill Cowher, if you could get Bill Cowher or you could get a Tony Dungy, would you be all right with, um like, changing Douglas's role or, or, or moving him to something different? Because, you yeah, know, those kind of guys are going to want to have to say so. Yeah, absolutely. Because I got to pay him. I'm not. Give, I'm not. Give, I'm not letting him go with with because with, he's got a six year deal, Buddha. And I've got to. I got to pay Gates for letting him go. I got to pay Gray Williams for letting him go. So you know, I got to save some money. So no, Douglas can. Douglas can stay. I have no problem with that. And you know, this Bill Cowher situation, Buddha is not new. You know, there's been rumors about Cowher being interested with the Jets right after Rex left. There was mm-hmm. comments that yeah, he was kind of interested that. in having this job. So this has been something that he's liked. And all the things that you read and hear about, about his wife loving the New York area and all that other stuff. And he's 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 always had an interest in this in this Jets position. So the question is now will and, and he fits your criteria, Buddha, because he's got hardware. Mm-hmm. And been to multiple Super Bowls. You see, that's, that's right. what the Jets need. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Jets need. I mean, it has to you know, this coordinated stuff and all that, I, you know, I, you have to be realistic. Whether a coordinator will come here, they'll be learning on the job, too, as a head coach. Yeah. And you know how it is. You're not going to get that time here. You're not going to get that four years to turn this around. You know you're not. The media talks that nonsense and the fans talk that nonsense. In two years, if you're doing a 4-12 and 12 and a 6-10, and 10, they'll run you out of here the same way they did Todd Bowles. Adam Gates is running himself out of here. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, just, hopefully, I mean, hopefully those, those rumors are true. I, I, I mean, I'll be all in on that. Just yeah. have one question for you else, though. Another mm-hmm. question now. Listen, yeah. We saw that performance last week with Spence. And yes. you hear Pacquiao, you know, he's running off at the mouth. You know what I mean? He wants to fight um, Spence. 
you know, I, I mean, Spencer's not going to fight Crawford. We know that. No. Now, there is some intrigue with that Pacquiao-Spence thing. Now, were you, what you saw last week, what kind of a chance, percentage-wise, would you give Pacquiao a win in that fight? Uh, I'd give him a better chance if that's the same Spence that's going to show up against him. If that if the same Spence steps into the ring with Pacquiao and and allows Pacquiao to get off on him a little bit and he's going to carry him and and not and not provide any offense, I give Pacquiao a better shot if he's facing that Spence. If he's not facing that Spence, it, it's I, I I think I think Spence is, is it's an easier fight for him. You'll never see you'll never see Pacquiao put up a performance like Garcia. No. Not not just because they're two different styles of fighters. But, you know, one thing about Pacquiao is you gotta respect, man, like he sees the famine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. He's a great fighter, he's an all time great. And the thing is, he lets those hands go. Yes, you he understand does. what I'm saying? He opens yep. up, he lets those hands go, he takes risks. Yeah. You know, I'm kinda intrigued by that fight. And the way that Spence fought last week, you know, there's a part of me that, that will actually be rooted for Pacquiao, to be quite honest with you. But I would think that Spence understanding Pacquiao is not going to fight the same way. I mean, that's the other side of it, too, Buddha. He, he, can't, he has to know that this is not a counterpuncher that's going to go one, two punches and then take off the rest of the round. This is a guy who, who, is, who if he can, would love, would love to fight, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, Money Mayweather again, <laughs> if he could. You know, so he's looking at he's looking at making a step to get back. So he's not going to fight. He's going to leave everything out there. And I think Spence would understand that and say, you know what? I can't fight him like I fought Garcia. And I'm going to tell you this, Buddha, right now, I, I was tempted to write Spence and tell him I want my money back. Yeah, I mean, you, you ain't the only one. You ain't the only one. You know, with Pacquiao, to be honest with you, man, listen, lad, with Pacquiao, you know, after the, the, the Marquez, you know, you thought Pacquiao was done. You I thought did. he was on the way down. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But that fight against Thurman, you know, Thurman could have used a different strategy. But Pacquiao put him down. He you did. understand what I'm saying? Yep. And the, and the thing is, is that, you know, Thurman and Spence, that fight was was damn near a wash. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. So now, you know, that's not Thurman and Spence. Thurman and, um, and uh, what's his name, Porter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, with Porter for Spence, and, you know, he was getting up in him, it was a very, very close fight. So, you know, I got to give Pacquiao a punch's chance in that, even Absolutely. if it was the old Spence, to be honest with you. Yeah. To be honest with you, like, even if it was the old Spence. If okay. I'm going to get the Pacquiao that fought um, Thurman, I got to give that Pacquiao, I got to give him a shot. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I got it. I definitely do. I got it. I definitely do. I hear you, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call, my you friend. Know? Always good talking a little boxing with you. Always love it. Yeah, I, I hear you. Especially by the way Spence has performed. Because he was not good. <laughs> he was not good. Chilling with you at one 3776 Also via Twitter at ESPN at ESPN NY98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, the Giants played the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and the Cowboys the remainder of the season. How does it play out? Are the Giants 4 and 0? Are the Giants 3 and 1? Are the Giants 2 and 2? Or are the Giants under 500? At sports underscore fiends says, the way the Cardinals, Ravens, and Cowboys have played recently, I believe 3 and 1 is definitely doable. 
I don't know what to make of the Browns because they are trending towards being legit. You know, they are. And uh, Baker Mayfield has bounced back. He's playing much, much better. But I think Mike Tannenbaum made a great point when he was on with Barton Hahn earlier today. And he said that the, what makes Baker Mayfield so good and so effective on the offense is when they go play action. And even sometimes, even though they don't do it a lot, even a run-pass option where you're not sure who's running the football, he may keep it, even though they don't do it a lot. But it's just better when, you, when, you, when you're running the football, you do the play action, you freeze the linebackers, and then that, you put people in, in you know, one-on-one coverage or you let your receiver, you just throw it up to let your receivers make plays. And listen, Jarvis Landry is outstanding. You know, he is a he is a phenomenal receiver. And we talked about him when he was with Miami. So obviously I had the chance to watch him in covering the Jets when I was embedded with them. And he was just an incredible receiver. Very competitive. Loves to talk a little trash. Loves it. Loves it. Baltimore Ravens have beat the Dallas Cowboys 34-17. Somewhere Dave Rothenberg is jumping up and down. Somewhere Steve Stephen A. Smith has got a big old cowboy hat that he's uh, getting ready to take on first take tomorrow where he's going to say, how about them Cowboys? And for the Cowboys, this is a bitter loss. Now they drop to three and eight and um, three and nine. I'm sorry. And listen, they are, they are slowly disappearing from this NFC East, slowly disappearing. Baltimore, 294 yards on the ground. Dallas's defense gave up almost 300 yards on the ground. By the way, Ravens have Cleveland in Monday Night Football next week. That's a good one. Cleveland, Baltimore, Monday Night Football. And then Giants get Cleveland on the short week. It'll be some fun, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Brian, let's go. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Let's begin with some baseball on the Michael K. Show today. Michael said the Yankees' number one priority is to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. Obviously, he's a three-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, and has finished top four in the MVP voting twice, both times with the Yankees. So the call went out to Jeff Passan, our Jeff Passan, who gave the guys an update on DJ. The first offer that was made last week by the New York Yankees to DJ LeMayhew, it's not going to get it done. It was underwhelming is the word that I was told, but it's the first offer. That sort of thing is expected. I think when it is all said and done that the Yankees are going to get DJ LeMayhew back. The question, of course, is what other moves do they complement that with? Because if you have DJ LeMayhew at second base for the next four years, which is probably where it's going to wind up, being you're not moving Glaber Torres there and and let me ask you guys is Glaber Torres the New York Yankees shortstop for the for the foreseeable future I don't know the long-term future but if you get LeMayu back I think he's the shortstop in 2021 I think you're probably right there but I also wonder if you hold on to him for too long Michael let's say you hold on to him for a year and he's not what you want him to be all of a sudden you're trying to trade him in a market with potentially five franchise type shortstops 
Isn't it amazing? Gleyber Torres, who was outstanding just a couple of years ago, could be on the trading block. Crazy. Then, of course, we told you yesterday, right, that Buster Olney said that the Mets would get, could possibly get George Springer. Well, Kay asked Jeff Passan that same question. Now, do you agree Buster was on with Chris Carlin, who follows our show at 7 o'clock every night, mm-hmm. and Buster said that he would he would bet his very expansive, uh, well-apportioned uh, Vermont farm that uh, the Mets would get Springer. Do you agree? I don't have any farmland, um, <laughs> so I, I would... I would be willing to bet, like my Honda CRV, maybe. Um, That's big. That, That's no joke. Yeah, I. Let's put it this way: I, I am, I am not quite the gambling man as Mister Olney. Um, right. But if I were placing odds right now on where George Springer winds up, then the Mets would definitely be the favorites. Yeah. You- That's what I want to hear. Passing and Olney, I love those guys. After not showing up to the Rockets training camp, James Harden is reportedly open to be traded to the Sixers. This is according to Woj. This comes after previously requesting a trade to the Nets. So Jay Williams was on Bart and Han today and explained why Harden's situation is getting uglier and uglier. Uh, If I were Raphael Stone right now, I was already trying to make moves to see what kind of value I can get in return for James Harden. I don't know what communication took place between James Harden and Raphael Stone and Tim Pertita, the owner of the Houston Rockets. Um, But you would hope that Raphael Stone would say, hey, look, help me help you. (laughs) The more you can be here and be professional, the easier I can move you because we can get something, you know, a massive return for your value. But it, it seems... As of what's happening here, though, Alan, is that that initial play by Tim Fertitta to change the head coach, to change the GM without consulting or even, you know, getting the perspective of James Harden really is what led this to crumble. All right, Jay, so what's your suggestion for Harden? Should he come to the Nets, go to Philly or stay in Houston? You know, I don't know what all assets they have because I don't have everything in front of me, but I mean, I, I still wouldn't discount Daryl Morey. Now, I know Daryl Morey left. Houston to go to Philadelphia, but ah, yes. and I know that he already came out and said, "Hey, we're sticking to Ben Simmons, um, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel and B." But you got to think if Daryl Morey had the opportunity with draft picks and capital to do a straight up swap between Ben Simmons and James Harden and some other pieces around that he will probably do that. And that James Harden with Joel Embiid, with Danny Green, with I mean the pieces that they were able to get, I know, I like um, would be a pretty too. scary combination. Sounds like he thinks Harden should go to Philly. Well, speaking of being involved in a Harden trade rumor, that's the situation with Karis LeVert, along with Spencer Dinwiddie and a couple of other Nets, would be involved in that package if Harden was to come to the Nets. So Karis LeVert was asked about these Harden trade rumors. I mean, for us, for myself, I mean, I don't really have anything to do with James Harden not going to practice. That doesn't really concern me. You know, I'm focused on the team, the Nets, myself, trying to be the best I can be, you know, so that we can be better as a team. Um, I don't really, you know, focus on all of that stuff. That, That really has nothing to do with me. Speaking of the Nets and Media Day, Kyrie Irving decided not to participate in Media Day for the Nets. Instead, he released a statement, quoting Kyrie. Instead of speaking to the media today, I am issuing this statement to ensure that my message is properly conveyed, the statement said. In part, quoting Kyrie, I'm committed to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win championships alongside my teammates and colleagues in the Nets organization. End of quote. Stephen A. Smith, huh, perturbed. 
actually think his heart is in the right place. But I think he's immature. I think that he's occasionally selfish. And I think at, at this particular moment in time, he comes off as a, as a damn snob. He thinks people are beneath them and he's above it. He looks at the media as being inauthentic. That's what he thinks about the media. You know, everything that has happened to Kyrie Irving, that Kyrie Irving has self-inflicted, go back and look at the tapes. Quote him. It's always the media. Always. You got something to say about LeBron? It's the media. You got something to say about your time in Boston? It's the media. You got something to say about wanting to move on? It's the media. You're in Brooklyn. Nobody has thought about you since the spring. You haven't played the season was halted you wasn't playing before then you had shoulder surgery and then you're not even participating in the bubble because you're recuperating from your right shoulder and still you wanted to sit up there and implement yourself in the proceedings by talking about how the game should not be played you weren't playing anyway while collecting 33 million but you had something to say and then when people responded it's the media tell you what's perturbed Hey, you know, the Browns are 9-3, getting up for a playoff run without OBJ, who tore his ACL. Meanwhile, Giants are hoping to do the same. So Odell Beckham spoke out on the All Things Covered podcast, and he talked about, you know, the Giants struggling while he was here. I'm going to tell you, I never thought I would play for another team besides the Giants. I never wanted to win uh, a championship for anybody more than, than the Giants, bro. It just was such a legendary place. I was... Very proud to be a part of that organization. I'm going to tell you where I ran into trouble. It was when I felt like we had had the pieces. We know that Eli is a little older. Um, I've been here now. I've, I've given you two seasons. I've shown you like I'm capable of, I can hoop. Um, and I felt like they never put people around Eli. It bothered me because I felt like they never built around him. And we just kept drafting, but we were just drafting, not like building an organization and a franchise. You know, we were just never good. My problem, I ran into that problem, bro, when I felt that they weren't growing and evolving as an organization. Like I wasn't winning. Like I, I hated losing that bad. Great. I was having great seasons. I hated losing. I hated it. I hated it. So, Odell, where did it all go wrong? I feel like at the end of my career, I'll be able to tell everybody, you know, the real truth of all of all the sh- like I'll come out and tell everybody everything. It just felt like I was coming to the end of a road and I was pushing for something that wasn't really tangible, bro. And that was where like it all had kind of just went haywire for me. Uh, you know, we got a new coach in there. And, you know, I feel like that's a situation I could be honest about now because people have come out and it's like anonymous coaches when we really know who it was. But I felt betrayed in a sense like this, this, this coach had tried to turn me against my brothers and my people and, you know, was telling the young guys to stay away from me because I'm not a good person or not a good team or a role model. Guess he's talking about Pat Shermer, huh? Everybody's got a book. Everybody wants a movie. Everybody wants to tell their story afterwards. Okay, we'll wait and see. That's Top Stories. Thank you, Mr. T. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jake. Before I get back to the comments, let me just say this. There is an adage that once you make a quarterback change, that you can't go backwards. Okay, if Jalen Hurts, when you make that move to Jalen Hurts, you are making that move for the rest of the season. That would be conventional wisdom. But, you know, when you're paying your quarterback the amount of money that Philly is paying Carson Wentz, if Jalen Hurts bombs in the first half, I could see them bringing Wentz in. I could. Because you're not paying him all that money to just sit and watch. 
He, you're saying, listen, we're going to try it with Hurts. We're going to try him. Hopefully he will not turn the football over the way that uh, Wentz is turning the football over, A. B, we're thinking that with the struggles of the offensive line that Wentz will that, – that, Hertz will be able to move around a little bit, move, make some plays with his legs, do some RPOs, do some different things, get, get the offense going, and possibly get them into the end zone and get, you know, a, a, a little flavor in that offense. That's what they're hoping, and that's why you make that move. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this Eagles – uh, defense, how the Eagles offense responds. All right. Because, uh, you know, it's a different quarterback, it's a different style. You know where Carson Wentz is all the time. You know, you know that he's, he's going to be back there. And the unfortunate thing is he's turned the football over so much. And they're facing a New Orleans Saints team that's playing very, very well. With a quarterback who, listen, it's not Drew Brees, but it's, it, you know, Taysom Hill has done a decent job. He's not lighting up the scoreboard. He's not lighting it up like Drew Brees would be. I mean, what? It, he, he passed for 232 yards last week, a couple of touchdowns, but no interceptions. Rushed for an 80, another 83 yards. That's what they want from him. They're good. And listen, the Saints are cool. They are close to playoff berth. They're, they're, they're okay. <laughs> they're in now what did Hurts do last week alright he passed for 109 yards a touchdown and a pick um, this Eagles defense though has got some issues I mean they got to deal with Kamara who is outstanding Michael Thomas who's outstanding Traquan Smith who's pretty good Jared Cook Who's got one? Who's one of two tight ends with five plus receiving touchdowns in each of the past three seasons, and then on the other side, Hertz has got to deal with Cameron Jordan and Trey Hendrickson, and of course, the former two-time Jet, Demario Davis. This is not an easy game. They, if Zach Hertz is able to play, they need him badly <laughs> in this game. They do, and they've got to find a way to put some points on put some points on the board. So uh, that that's going to be a tall tale. That that's going to be tough. I mean, Wentz continues to turn the football over every single game. He's got a turnover, and so you understand that you have to have to make a move here. I mean, you're three eight and one, and you if you want to try, you need this win to try to remain just a game back of the Giants and Washington. And it's not going to be easy. This is this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm all right, Mike. What's going on? Now, Larry, the NFC East, which I joked about calling, calling it the NFC least, uh, saying whoever got to five wins would win the division. And in the span of two days, uh, was it two days? Yeah, two days. In the span of two days, you got the New York Football Giants pulling off the upset in Seattle. And if that's an upset, what you call the Redskins, uh, not I mean, the Washington Football Team. See, I can't get that right. Uh, defeating a 
the Pittsburgh Steelers, who Larry, without uh, Bud Dupree, they're uh, not as effective, obviously, and uh, slowly but surely, they're, they're losing bodies. The, the Steelers are losing bodies left and right, and Bud Dupree, that's, uh, that's the biggest, and that may, that, that he may be the reason why they don't if, if win the title. But Larry, if you're the Giants, we've seen hamstring injuries with football players, other players, even if it's like a, just a pull, just a strain, two or three weeks, the guy sits down, he comes back, he goes to run. Those things linger. They, they, they don't go away. It's a nagging pain in the butt injury that just does not go away. Uh, Larry, if now if Dan, Dan Odell was a, was a stationary quarterback like a Tom Brady, then you may be able to rush him back because he's just standing there. But the Giants' offense is effective, more effective when he – now he's not Michael Vick running the ball, but – he can run the ball. He is a threat to run the ball, kind of like a Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger. Running is not their game, but if you push them to it, they will run around and beat you with their legs if they have to. Now, if, if the Giants could beat Seattle, then I don't then I don't see why they cannot beat Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I got that right. Uh, to me, they should be able to beat Arizona easily. Not I, 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 and I don't know if the Redskins play on Sunday, so if they do, if they lose, that's a one-game lead. But because the Giants have the tiebreaker on Washington, you can tie the Redskins and still win. So if I'm the Giants, I mean, you want to win easily. But if the Giants should make the playoffs, I would think it's a given, a lock with them to make the playoffs. And the last thing you want is to play, you know, Jones and what, two, three weeks he plays and, and he blows out his hamstring and we the playoffs are and then he's gone. So, I mean... If you're the Giants, yeah, he has to get back. He has to play. You have to win, you have to actually win the, the division. But I would this week go with the backup. And you know, if you win this week, the Redskins lose. Push him back another week, and just because those things can linger. And Gosford, he he it, it hits again because if you're, if you're the Giants, you could maybe change the game plan, maybe put him stationary. But he's better running the football, so that's why do you change the game plan when it comes back less running. Been standing back there, but I would go with ease because those things are going to pop up and they're locked in the playoffs. So, why risk him getting injured before the playoffs start? I agree with you 100%, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. And by the way, Washington will meet the 49ers uh, this Sunday at 425 uh, in Arizona. And, uh, you know, that's, the, that's, going to be, that's going to be an interesting game. Both teams are five and seven. Washington really needs this game. 49ers, I, you know, they, listen, you talk about the team that's been snake-bitten with all these injuries and stuff with COVID and all the issues and stuff they've had, losing their starting quarterback. They've lost, you know, their their, their prime pass rusher. They, they've just had an unbelievable uh, series of injuries. Uh, so, you know, Nick Mullins has been their quarterback. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see if he's able to, if you're a giant fan, you're rooting for the Niners. You want to just, uh, you know, get them out of the way. And uh, another game, the Sunday night game this week is interesting. You've got the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills and you've got, listen, Josh Allen has had a tremendous season and you see him, you've seen him get better and better and better. And you look at, but you look at what Stefan Diggs has brought to the table there. And, you know, he's their, he's their guy. He's that go-to receiver. He's that guy that you throw open. He's that guy that you, you, you say, make a play for me. And that's what he's been able to do for Buffalo. 
the only, and this is not a knock, but the only reservation I have about the Bills right now and Josh Allen is I need to see him improve in the postseason. Then I'm ready to really say he is he's he's a he he's a he's a very good quarterback right now. He's strong. He's a big physical quarterback. He's a guy who can run the football. He's a guy who takes a little punishment. He makes plays. He extends plays. He's got a fabulous arm. He he is a fantastic quarterback. But for me to see him take that next step will be for him to be successful in the postseason. And I think with Stefan Diggs, he's got an opportunity to be that guy that takes that next step for for Buffalo in the postseason. And and this is a really good test against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this Buffalo Bills, because this Buffalo Bills defense is solid. It's solid. Have issues against the run. All right. They they don't defend the run as well as they used to. But they are Definitely, definitely trouble against the pass. And the amount of times that Roethlisberger has been throwing the football because the running game has been inconsistent. And I don't know if uh, James Conner is going to be able to play in this contest. Remember, he did not play yesterday. Uh, that's going to be a big difference in to see how this Pittsburgh Steelers go- team is going to go and how they will bounce back. After their 23-17 loss against Washington, of course, the Bills beat the Niners 34-24 on Sunday. This is ESPN New York Tonight.